Good afternoon, a little after one, Friday afternoon. Beautiful day in Southern California, isn't it? Thanks to global warming, I understand it's in the 70s in New York City today, a couple of weeks before Christmas, that's crazy. And of course, the Northwest, where it's mild, horrible storms. But Rush Limbaugh told me that global warming wasn't real, so thank goodness we don't have to worry about it. It's just an aberration of some sort. Hey, nice to be with you Friday afternoon. It's Intervision. My name is Michael Benner. We're here till 2 o'clock this afternoon and uh, bringing you a program, as we do every Friday, about spirituality and health, a program especially on Friday about mysticism and metaphysics and magic about personal and spiritual development. I like to describe it as a show about the development of consciousness and what that speaks to is not only identity but also motive, the the deeper reasons why we think and feel and uh, act the way we do, do the crazy things we do. It's always fascinated me that... Uh, Radio news and most other talk shows do the uh, the job of talking about people's behavior. In fact, today we're going to talk about action and behavior. And often programs will go a little bit deeper into the belief systems or the patterns of thinking or the emotional nature behind the behavior, but rarely do we go deeper than that and look at the motives behind those thoughts or the motives or the energy behind the feelings that lead to the action. And that's what this show is about. So today our focus is on action, on taking that step forward, on dealing with that feeling that we all know of just being stuck sometimes and you're not sure what direction to, uh, to turn in and, and what to do. I had a friend many, many years ago that used to say, and I always thought it was wise, but it didn't always solve my problems. She would say, nothing to it but to do it. Well, that sure sounds nice, but there's some reason I'm not doing it. And I've looked at goals lists in my life, and I've looked at to-do lists, and I've looked at project planners. And today we're going to take a look at a process you could think of it as a game, a tool, or a technique that is really powerful. And I've uh, invited to be my in-studio guest today, a woman who facilitates this whole process. It's known as the Action Board, and well, she's a friend of mine for quite a few years, Madeline Schwab. Hello, Madeline. Hello, Michael. Welcome to Intervision. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. And uh, I was just asking you a few minutes ago, welcome to KPFK, but you've been volunteering here in a variety of positions for how long? Since 1989. 1989. Well, I don't have enough fingers to add that up, but 
That's more time than I've been here. And yet, you and I go back to commercial radio. We used to work cross town. and You were at KLOS. I was at KABC. That's right. And every once in a while, I'd sneak on to KABC. You know, we both worked with a fella who uh, I know we both admired a lot because we've talked about him on numerous occasions since his untimely passing. Uh, one of the very first uh, pioneers of radio psychology, and that's Dr. David Viscott, a remarkable guy. Uh, you remember the first time you met David and started to work with David? Oh, yes, actually. He's uh, an unforgettable character, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Well, what happened was for uh, a couple of years before I met David, I would listen to him on the radio because he talked about something that I deeply believed in, but I had never heard anybody talk about it before, which is that we have a reason for being here. We have a purpose. We have something we're supposed to do, something which, as he said, which is ordained from birth. And that galvanized me as a listener. And I, I actually, in a way, kind of put up with the psychology because I was more interested in the wisdom that he was bringing through about our life purpose and I also started to feel that he would talk about it and people would be frustrated by the conversation because they wouldn't, as you were saying, know how to act on it. They wouldn't know what to do. And one night while I was listening to him, and I was actually taking a walk, a caller said to David, I know I'm here for something, but I have no idea how to make it happen and David started talking about his action board. And I can almost take you to the sidewalk square <laughs> where, you were where I time. was when I heard him talk about the action board because I said to myself, this has to be brought to the public. And it was so simple. I mean, so easy to picture. And then either that call or shortly thereafter, he said that he had in his book, The Viscott Method, a process, the action board process, which people could read, you know, and adapt to their lives. And I thought, well, then he's done it. You know, he wrote the Viscott Method and the action board is at the end. And a couple months after that, I was going to be taking a break where I could do some reading. So I took the Viscott Method with me and I got to the chapter on the action board. And I've been a teacher almost all of my life. So I know basically what, what people can do and what they can't normally. Most of us, the average bear. And the action board he described at the end of the Viscott Method was there were so many open-ended questions. And it was really, a, in a way, a psychological tool that went with his Viscott Method therapy process. It wasn't geared toward uh, lots of people. It was more toward people that were in that track. But I thought to myself, nobody's going to do this, just, you know, putting it out to the public. David really hasn't brought it to the public. And then I come back to Los Angeles, and I hear on KABC a little ad for a magazine called Let's Talk. And I was enamored with David, but Michael Jackson, and also Bill Jenkins, who did a program a bit. It's a cross between Open Roy of Hollywood and Art yeah. Bell and George Norrie. Mm -hmm. So they were, when they put out this call for people to come in and help with the magazine, I, I was, wasn't really thinking oh, here's my chance to meet David and teach the action board. No, because it never would have occurred to me that I would be the one to do it. I thought, oh, I can meet some of these people that I listen to on the radio. And so I 
called and took the job with the magazine, and it was short-lived, but I became very close with my boss at the time, who they made head of something called the Special Projects Department, because they were always looking for other ways to bring revenue into the station besides just selling airtime and just other ways to connect with their listeners. So Michael, my boss, one day said to me, you know, if you've got any ideas, and out of my mouth, you know, which is interesting. Usually, you know, you think about what you're going to say before you say it. Oh, no. <laughs> I just said, <laughs> David should market the action board. And uh, and Michael said, that's a great idea. You, We've got to email. Email. This is before email. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny how your brain gets yeah. conditioned to the current technology. We should call David or write him a little memo. So I wrote David a, a memo, and I got this call back from David, and I hadn't met him yet, but this is the first time I had talked with him. And if you can picture that we're on the phone together, but David's in a chair facing me, and I'm in a chair facing him. However, that's not how it started. David was in a chair with his back to me because he had already kind of ruled out this idea for some reason. So he, I'm facing him, but he has his back to me. And I can feel that as the call starts. And because I had known since I was so young I was meant to be a teacher, I understood life purpose. And also because I had been teaching so long, I understood what a good technique is. And I knew the action board was one. And I knew people needed it. And I'm starting to talk to David about this. And in my mind, I watched David's chair swivel around and he's now staring right at me, and he said, why don't you come by the studio next week and we'll talk about it. And that's the first time I met David. So the first time I met David was in a commercial break during his program, and he, uh, you know, he had uh, so many facets. Like I was wearing these Egyptian mummy beads, and he fastened on those pretty quickly. I don't think it was at the, you know, the start of the conversation, but it appeals to me to say it first took hold of them, and he said, do you want me to tell you something about the person whose beads they were? And I said, of course. And he said, she died young, but she was very happy. Oh, yeah, we got to interject. This is a medical doctor trained in Western medicine, then specializing in Psychiatry. psychiatry, who is a sensitive. Yes and who's very mystically and metaphysically oriented. So yeah. continue. He's an amazing guy. Yeah. And, and he was. He, um, as we'll I celebrate David for a few minutes, and then we'll talk more right. about the board. But I, I, I want to stay with this. Oh, of course. Ahead. Actually, when I started working with David, I would come to the station, and I would sit in his program, and I would have a notebook with me because after he completed a call or completed the what's the next step and, you know, get to that, you know, he was action-oriented, get to that with a person, he would, in a way, channel something, some wise, something which I would write down, and I'm just opening to uh, uh, a b- little book I compiled of all of his uh, quotes, quotes by yeah. topic. So here's something he said uh, on commitment. Make a commitment that allows you room to grow so it will last. I mean, those would just come out of him. And as we went to commercial, I would read him what I had written down, and he would look at me and he would say, did I say that? Because he just moved out of the way, and it just came yeah. through him. So David and I are in the studio, first time I've met him. And before that, which is very illustrative of the action board process in the sense that it allows you to identify and pull in synchronicity, I had heard an ad the week be- between my conversation with him about coming to see him 
and seeing him. I'd heard an ad from Cal State Northridge. They were starting an experimental college, and they said, anybody who wants to teach anything. And I thought, oh, this is good, because before we market the action board, I at least should teach it and see what it would look like. So when I met David, um, and he... He was open. I think that once he turned around and was facing me, he was open to handing it over to me. Um, I told him about the experimental school, and I was a teacher so that I didn't fear that I wouldn't be able to teach this class, and that out out of that we could maybe come up with a product that KABC would be interested in. And he just literally turned it over to me, and uh, he called me low drag as time went by because I took on teaching the action board in association with him. But I did it, and I did it all except for the fact that I would go where he went when he had seminars or workshops, and that was my major audience. Did he mean you were low maintenance? Yes, 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 yes. I like low drag. Easy to get along with. Uh, And then one last (laughs) thing to mention was that we decided that before I taught the action board, even though I could picture it in my mind's eye, that perhaps I should come over to his house and see his (laughs) and he opened his calendar to make this plan, and he had only a few things on every day, and something in me just let go, and I said, this is a man I can work with, because he didn't over-plan his life. He just allowed time for things to move at their own pace, which he was a big believer in. So that was my first meeting with David. And I'm glad we're spending a few minutes at the top, frankly, talking about this man. Again, if you're just joining us, uh, Intervision here on KPFK, uh, my guest Madeline Schwab, we're talking about the action board today, how to be more effective and take a look at what you're really meant to do. We all really do have a calling, a reason for being. There is meaning and purpose in our lives. And, and, uh, Madeline and I are uh, remembering a great guy. I love, I was going to say loved, but it's present tense. I love the persona, David Viscott. He he was, uh, I, I can't, I want to say mentor, but he didn't consciously know that he was my mentor. I just copped all the riffs I could from him. I listened, of course, to Michael Jackson and, and I listened to others at the station I admired, but I thought, in fact, one day, David had been at KABC for maybe six months, and he was walking down the hall, and I was in the newsroom on the FM side, and I pulled him in, and I, I said, David, you got five minutes for me? And he said, yeah, sure. And essentially said, in a roundabout way, who the hell are you, anyway? When did you come to this planet? Because I always felt like, this is a man with extraordinary wisdom. And and my first question was, how did you survive medical school? How did you get out of school as a medical doctor and a psychiatrist and still be such a sensitive spirit, still soul aware and and even more so? And again, I remember walking into a studio one day and he's doing energy healing on the board operator, on the engineer. He's got his hands held out, his palms forward, not touching the person, but doing what looks like some form of Reiki on the guy. And I'm thinking a medical doctor, a shrink of all things. I figure he'd be writing Paxil scripts or whatever was the trank of the day. 
Now, he was talking against all of those. Yeah, well, he always was. Yeah. And we should mention that uh, his books, The Viscott Method, you mentioned there's also The Making of a Psychiatrist. There's a book called Risking. There's a book called The Language of Feelings, which I always loved. The idea that emo- he, he was, to me, best known for his emotional intelligence work. He has a book. He has a book. Emotionally Free, uh-huh. which he has a chapter in there on the action board. Well, we should recommend all Which is a better chapter than the one on the Viscap method, which I mentioned earlier. It's much more accessible. As often happens, you know, the good guys die young, like Mm -hmm. the song goes. And uh, David had his problems, oddly, some medical problems. He had a tough problem with his back. And like all of us, you know, wasn't uh, wasn't perfect. He he was a long way from being Christ-like. But, gosh, uh, what what a great guy. And... You know, the irony is whatever happened to radio psychiatry or radio psychology, there's one I can think of who will go unnamed who uh, I find, frankly, a rather embarrassing, you know, mean-spirited, nasty, uh, and giving all of psychology and therapy uh, a bad name. So that's why this person will remain nameless. But think of all the great uh, healers and metaphysicians and therapists that there are in this great country who could be on the radio giving kind, compassionate, loving advice. <laughs> what do we get? You know, meanness and nastiness. And and uh, it's it's just tragic. And I guess it's part of my whole passion for radio and what radio could be and why you and I have you know, been at KPFK for, in your case, 20 years, and me almost as long. So, uh, David did tell me a story that's too long to share uh, right now about who he is and his coming to awareness as a teenager. It had to do, I'll, I'll give you a, a Reader's Digest yeah, version. It had to do with him being a schoolboy and seeing one day in the schoolyard, you know the story? A bunch of kids picking on a young woman who was, um, what would we say? We used to say mentally retarded, Down syndrome. And uh, physically, a well-developed young woman, but mentally and emotionally uh, not that well-developed. And she was functioning high enough that she could be in the public schools, but still, these boys were taking advantage of her. I'll say that. And David as he told the story, said that he found himself going over to the group and without saying a word just took this young woman by the hand and led her away. And he realized at that point that he had a calling, okay, as a young schoolboy, and that that he had followed that all of his life. And that to me, like so many people that we lose in an untimely fashion, it's tragic that we don't have him with us today, but we do have his books, and you're here today to represent his action board. So God bless you, David, wherever you are. And I would recommend The Making of a Psychiatrist. Yeah. It, uh, not, it was probably his best-selling book, wasn't it? Well, he was nominated for a Pulitzer for that one in literature, and if I have the right award in mind. And if you want to just know the man... It's in there, and so I, I recommend that. And then, if you're interested in psychology and the other, uh, the other books would fall along those lines: risking, emotionally free. Although he writes for the public, he was a person for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So every book, you, you can find something in there. 
but to know the person himself David making was, a psychiatrist. And his, his practice had nothing to do with writing scripts and giving people drugs. In fact, he wouldn't even do lengthy talk therapy. He would see people once, twice, maybe three times max. Was that at four? Yeah, he realized when he started doing therapy that, and, one, and a person recorded the sessions. A client came in and said, can I record the session? And then he came back in a couple of weeks, and David was amazed at the progress he'd made. And what he found out was that the, this client had listened to the tape. So then David realized that people learn so much on their own that he had developed a f- short-term therapy based upon listening to tapes, exercises, and that was his trademark. In term- That's what the Viscott method was. Well, I think he had practical and portable tools and techniques, and the action board is one, one of, of those techniques, and I, I, I really think we should it's talk about it. <laughs> wonderful that you're doing this work. So, I know sometimes you're on uh, Roy of Hollywood at night. Do you still do that? Oh, thank goodness, because when David passed away, uh, the my way of getting the action board into the world passed with him, except for people that sometimes contacted me because they knew of him, they knew of it. And at that point, I had a program on KPFK, and I was doing fundraising during the fund drive. And I thought to myself, gee, instead of giving away other people's books, I should offer the Action Board workshop. So it started on the wee hours years and years ago. And then when I gave up my program, then I started looking for programmers that might want to offer it as a thank you gift. And it's landed most most often with Roy. Well, thank goodness for that. Thank you, Roy, for that. And uh, we had Roy on the show a couple of weeks ago. I thought, my God, I want to be sure daytime people know about what's happening on KPFK after midnight. So Roy was good enough to get up early and and come in in the middle of the day. And uh, so he's given a lot of good people opportunity here. Now, the board itself, again, uh, let me me re-identify you. Madeline Schwab, my guest, this is Intervision till 2 o'clock this afternoon. And Madeline is here to talk about David Viscott's action board as a process, uh, a game, a tool, a technique, a way to get unstuck, to, uh, I like the word realize. I've always liked to realize, to make real, like Pinocchio or the Velveteen Rabbit or or Data and Star Trek. You know, they all want to be real and to realize who you are and realize what you are for I think is part of the action board. Am I right? Yes. As, <laughs> I like the word real as well. There are a lot of people who talk about our having a life work and put it many different ways. And one of the ways that it has been put is, um, I want to read this. It's a Hopi, I think it's a Hopi wisdom saying that the pitcher cries for water to carry and a person for work that is real. Wow. And it's real in that sense. Is it would be that their true work. So something about life is just praying that we discover our meaning. Oh, that's beautifully said. I, I, in the workshop, I will often say because I think all of us go through the dark night of the soul, sometimes uh, darker or less dark, and I believe because once you discover your purpose, your gift, and you start paying attention, 
you notice that you're brought by synchronicity, by means that you didn't plan, opportunities to use your gift, to do your the work of your gift. And so what, what I feel and, and tell people, and it's been my experience, is that whatever gave us the gift, wherever that comes from, has so much more invested in us than we have in our own lives. So when you said life so wants us to discover who we are, um, that is a huge statement. Life is rigged. I think the game is rigged, <laughs> if if you presume that it is. Richard Bach, in uh, one of his books, I think Illusions, says, you cannot have a problem that does not have the seeds of solution enfolded within it. And uh, I think that's true. And so if the problem is, who am I and what am I for, well, know that the seeds are there if you're willing to do the work. But... We got to get those eyeballs turned around. This program's called Inner Vision, so there you go. We got to look inside to find that calling. But it doesn't make sense that anything would exist without meaning and purpose. If we just look at the environment, the ecosystem, the inner reliance of life in a physical sense, how everything needs everything else, just the simplest, simplest food chain. Uh, the big fish eating the little fish eating the, the the still smaller fish, which eats fish eggs. And so they have millions of eggs so that everybody's happy. Or the uh, the symbiosis of the plant kingdom exhaling oxygen and breathing in our CO2. And uh, we do just the opposite. It's this beautiful system where everything touches everything. And so how could we, uh, though we do, it's a rhetorical question, suffer the fear that we're devoid of any real meaning or purpose. We're not a part of it. Yeah, Yeah, that I have to look in a a job listing to find out what I'm for and what I like to do. Well, here's my proposal. Because the action board is so easy to picture that I would, as a gift to your listeners, love to describe the process in such a way that those of you listening can get it. And, you know, if you're home and you can write something down, fine. If you're driving, you will still receive the mental template. And it is so simple that you can put it to use later on, if that's all right with you. Oh, that's what you're here to do. okay. And though it's a few minutes early, I tell you, let's take our break just a little early, because that's a mandatory break. And then we'll come back and we'll get down to it. We're rolling up our sleeves as we speak. It's the action board we're talking about in the Viscott Method. My guest is Madeline Schwab, and together we're listening to KPFK. Intervision till 2 this afternoon. Stay with us. We'll be right back. the Dylan tune, isn't it? All along the Watchtower, that's Jimmy. KPFK and your very own Radio 90.7 FM for all of Southern California. Out of Santa Barbara County, we're at 98.7 and streaming for the world at kpfk.org. Madeline, the Action Board, what's it about? The Action Board. Let me describe David's, the original one, which was, he, he had his on a bulletin board, 
and he had three-by-five cards that represented each of his projects because he created this so he could see all of his ideas come to fruition to keep track of them. So he had books he was writing. He had the radio program. He had it later on the television program. He had his greeting card line. He had the action board. So each three-by-five card had one of his projects on there. And then he had on the left side, he had the people that were key to that project, their names, the first and second person he would call. And at the bottom, he would write the next step. When David and I started working together, post-its came along. Remarkable. So when I teach the action board in order to make it very doable for everybody and affordable, I have everybody, I give everybody a manila folder so everyone has their action board. And then large post-its, the three by three, and then smaller post-its. I think they're one and a half by one. And uh, so you open the folder, that's your action board, and in your mind's eye, just picture a wall or a board or a folder, just a space that doesn't have anything else in it. (laughs) And you start by, on the large post-its, a three by three, putting down all of your intentions. Now, if an intention is already in material form, you can call it a project. But in a way, if you're just thinking, I don't know if I want to do this, but I don't want to forget it. You know, a good word is intention. This is my intention. So put down projects, intentions, and you brainstorm through with your own mind. So for instance, uh, 2007, it's on its way. So I was thinking, okay, what, what are my, some of my projects or intentions for 2007? And just to give you some examples, because it, it can be personal things. It can be things like, you know, for a while I was, you know, trying to find a hybrid. It took me a long time, but it was on my action board. And uh, so that's a uh, more... A car? You yeah. mean a hybrid? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, <laughs> I wouldn't have mentioned it except at uh, Crossroads today where we teach. They showed the film An Inconvenient Truth. Oh, yeah. And Lori David, who's the producer, was speaking afterward to the students, and she got them where they live. She said, when you... Go shopping for a car. <laughs> Make sure you find, you know, a low-impact car, one that's not going to do too much damage to the environment. Anyway, so they can be on, your intentions can be things that support your personal life, so to speak. But I was thinking one of my intentions is to stay connected with the place where I got my doctorate, Wisdom University is what it's now called. It used to be called University of Creation Spirituality. And I really feel like I want to stay connected. So these were things that... Is that the just, Matthew Fox school? Uh-huh. Yeah. But the, the current president is a man by the name of Jim Garrison. Wow. So, um, and he's pulled in teachers from Matthew Fox and new ones like uh, Paul Ray, the cultural creative person, who oh, thinks yeah, we need right. these people to think of good ideas now that we're the systems are starting to uh, implode. So um, as you're thinking about you know, what you're going to put on these three-by-three three post-its, and it only has to be a few words, you just see what comes up. You know, as I was driving this morning, what came up? Oh, the school wanting to, uh, again, just become a better teacher at Crossroads, just do my job better. And then I... Uh, and watch what life suggests to you. This morning at the Y was a parent of two Crossroads students, and I'm always interested in what the alumni are up to and whether or not they have found their purpose or what's the process. And I thought, I have to do something more with this. So that went on my list of intentions for 2007 because I bump into alumni. 
And I think that I'm being brought them, and I must be reaching some critical mass for this idea. And then, of course, what I'll do at KPFK now that my term on the local station board is over, it's like where where will I find the next thing, and that's open. But as listeners are hearing these ideas, just think of your own uh, what what would you like to see happen in your life in 2007? Each one on a separate post-it. Now, so the first phase is actually just brainstorming. And I love the Einstein quote where he said, the mind is a place to work things out, not store a bunch of stuff. Yeah. So get all your ideas out there on the post-its, and you just put them anywhere to start with on the manila folder. And may I point out that avoiding what you do not want is not a goal. And I think many people, I've seen research that says even in business, only 15% of business women and men set goals. And yet, if you don't have a goal, how could you attain it? And what I have discovered in, my, in, in some of my work is that what inadequately and ineffectively replaces goals in most people's lives are attempts to avoid what they don't want. But, of course, <laughs> the magnetic nature of consciousness attracts you to the very things you worry about. And so let's be clear that our dreams can't come true if we don't have any. When I saw the secret, you know, the power of attraction, <laughs> I thought, oh, here's the action board again. So you have the big post-its, and they're all over the place. Well, the way the board is set up is you can put the current things on one side, usually the right side. And you can put the future things on the left side, and then what's kind of left over, what's coming into being or you don't do as much of, those go in the middle. So you're not looking at a board with everything staring at you like it's all calling for attention right now, because it's not. So the next thing is you give the board the chronology that reflects your life. So current, one side, future, the other side, and then occasional goes in the middle. Now you have the small post-its. So first you picture the big post-it with your projects or your intentions. The small post-its, there are three phases, and, and that's it to tell you. That is the, the rest of the action board are these three aspects that go on the small post-its. So picture for now, just take one project and just kind of put that in your mind, one thing that you might have written down. And on the right side, you put down what you yourself bring to it. And this is actually something that wasn't on David Viscott's original board, but someone in the first class I taught at Cal State Northridge said, shouldn't there be a place where you start looking into why this is yours to do, why you want to do it? And there are three facets of it. One is how that project expresses your talents or gifts. So you can write that on one of the small post-its, and that would go on the right side. So, again, you're looking at a post-it with a project. On the right side is what you're bringing, your talents, your gifts. The next is the beliefs you're bringing. And the uncanny thing about this one is if you go home, say, and you look at different statements, sayings, proverbs, aphorisms, whatever, that you've collected, they usually reflect one of the projects on your board. You're drawn to wisdom in an area that, that has to do with something you care about. So many of my beliefs are not in my words, like the Hopi quote, the picture that longs for water like a person for work that is real. And the third way into what you're bringing to this are your goals. 
See, I use goals in a different way. Now, one thing could be that you see it as a way that you would be able to earn an income because you don't have, these aren't necessarily lofty. I mean, they're very real again. So one of your goals could be, this is something I feel I could earn income. Another, which is one of my goals for the action board, is to help people see synchronicity more. Because when you make an action board, suddenly you're seeing a lot of things that are going on 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 the metaphysical level, and you can pull them in. So when you conspire with life to find your true spiritual meaning and purpose, life begins to... Returns a favor. Yeah, okay. (laughs) So that's the right side. What am I bringing? What are my talents and gifts? What are my beliefs? What are my goals? can be ordinary, mundane, or can be more uh, spiritual and uh, humanitarian. Uh, Then on the left side, on the small post-its, you start putting down, like David did, the names of the people that help you with that project. But then you also put down any ideas that come your way, organizations, websites, information. That's where life starts bringing you what you need in order to make that project move. And then here, then the last thing, so you've got couple small post-its on the right side of your project, couple on the left, but it can turn into many. Resources just keep coming. Like David actually said, um, the action board is nothing more than preparing you to recognize opportunity, and I would substitute the word resource, opportunity that's coming. It comes all the time, but most people don't recognize it. So you've got an action board. Suddenly here it comes. Then the last thing, the small post-it that goes on the bottom is the next step or two. And here to me is what, it's very helpful for me, because I'm, I'm as much of a procrastinator as the average bear. I mean, I, um, maybe, um, let's see, should I paint myself that way? Uh, yeah, why not? We all have it. Sometimes more, sometimes less. Okay, so here's what I do, all right? I watch what life brings me, and I use the energy to act on it. So if somebody um, tells me about, for a project, someone to call, I can hardly wait to call them. I mean, I love connecting, but it, usually I take the energy of the resource life brings and I use that energy rather than trying to generate all my own energy to make things happen. So maybe that's more, you know, how I function in the world. It's like surfing. Yeah. Yeah, the energy of the wave. Now, not everybody's like that. There are a lot of people that just, they're, they're their own dynamo. So maybe I should, you know, think of some new words because I, I don't like to use negative words. I think there could be a more positive one for procrastinator, which might be somebody who just isn't paying attention to the energy that the universe is bringing to them. So, and that's the process. You've got a board and you've got all of your projects and you've got on the right side, which is the inner vision part. Uh, your talents, beliefs, goals. Then you have on the left side everything that comes, and it often comes through KPFK because there's so much that comes over the airwaves. And pay particular attention to when you tune in and what's coming out over the air. So, for instance, being on your program today, um, I'm listening on the way home yesterday from school, and uh, I think it was on uh, the 4 o'clock program with uh, Maria Moodian. Um, the uh, guest said that war is a failure of the human spirit. And I thought, that is so true. And and I think I would, not only because I know 
how you you talk about war. There never has been a good one. And uh, and David talks a lot about the evolution of the human spirit, that we're here to evolve the human spirit by giving our gifts. So, um let me interrupt you. Yeah, please, because I lost my train of thought getting That's involved okay, in that but quote. but I think I found it. Good. Uh, not to speak for you, but am I hearing you say, Madeline, that when we form an intention, I'm back to that word conspiracy. Oh, yes, pay attention to what KPFK when you turn on the radio. Okay. Yeah, so you form yeah, an intention yeah. through the action board. Mm-hmm. It could be something personal. It could be some idealistic dream for world peace or whatever, justice. Uh, whatever, big or small, life begins to conspire to support you in that, is what I'm hearing you say. And it might be something you read or hear or somebody says to you. And is that what you mean by look for those synchronicities? Yes, yes. Um, I like the Kurt Vonnegut quote, life is a conspiracy all for your benefit. Mm. So if you are thinking that you were brought here with something to do and it was your gifts were somehow put in you, then life is going to support those gifts and conspire with you to help you deliver the gifts to do your life work. And one way actually to uh, think of your life work is to look at your action board because that's where it is. Your life purpose is usually what all or many projects have in common. Like you might have many ways of teaching, many different like the action board for me or crossroads. But underlying that is the purpose of being a teacher and all the projects of, are your life work. And I want to get back to uh, so one that, thing about the board before I leave people. That continuity, that golden thread. Yeah. Yes, yes. And don't try to make it happen. You just do what you're here to do. Just see what moves you as far as projects and intentions. And just wait till you're on the porch on your rocking chair to say, oh, what did all that have in common? So um, you have your board. You've got projects. You've got your inner reasons for doing them, the way life is bringing you the resources, often through synchronicities, which I just find so fascinating, and then your next step. And then you put that next step, which is on a post-it, right into your calendar. That's powerful. When you actually decide, okay, I think I'll do that Tuesday, even if you end up picking up the post-it and moving it to Thursday because you couldn't reach the person or somehow you just didn't feel like you should make that call that day, you didn't have the energy you wanted, just the the fact that you're starting to put it in your life is power. Well, you talk about the next step as opposed to, oh, I have to know all the steps or I can't begin. And I don't know who gets credit for it, but there's this uh, this wisdom that we hear sometimes about driving at night. You may only be able to see a hundred yards ahead with the with your headlights on, but you could drive from L.A. to New York just seeing the next 100 yards or so, because <laughs> that just keeps unfolding. So is that a way a lot of us get stuck? We think we have to have all of the steps in a row before we begin? Well, one way people get stuck, and this actually happened in a workshop, is I was teaching it, and it was theater style, so I couldn't see anybody's boards because they were all going up. <laughs> and I finished the whole process, got to the steps, and one woman just said, I can't do this. And what she had done was she had put down her project, which is, you know, it's like getting to New York, right? You need somewhat to know where you're going, although it may redefine itself a bit. David often said that you might get a fragment of an idea and just start going with it, and then it starts to put on flesh. But this woman, she 
can't do this. So she turns her action board so all of us can see it. So she's got these projects, and she has a few reasons why she's doing it. No resources and 10 steps. Now, she's, and apparently this is not going to work for her like it wouldn't for me. She's not waiting to see what life is bringing her to support that. She's trying to make the whole thing happen on her own. Solo. And that's where people get stuck. God, what a lonely existence. When you don't know life supports you, that life itself loves you and wants you to be. You know, I think that's part of the problem we have with this Western image of God is other than separate and remote, living outside. The What a cruel joke on humanity. I mean, I love Michelangelo's ceiling in the Sistine Chapel, but, you know, it's it's just a symbol. And uh, so we see that in psychology and theology and philosophy, the idea of a uh, more inclusive sense of self, Mm -hmm. the capital S self. Yeah, and for those who are thinking, oh, you know, is this true? Well, get a few things in your mind that you would like to see happen and start paying attention and see what is is brought to you. It does help, however, if you have more than one project because a lot of times people will say to me, well, which project do I work on? And I think you should work on the project where there are the most resources because that's where life is saying, you know, I'm bringing you stuff. You know, this is the one that's meant to go out there. And I like what David said, that each project has its own life, its own pace, its own timing. And you should work with it in its own way rather than trying to do something just to make money and distorting what it was you were starting out to do. And because you have many projects going, you don't have to be desperate. You just have to look at whatever is, is happening, whatever's cooking. And he also said... Uh, sometimes nothing is moving, and that's when it's important to go for a walk, you know, take a break. Just understand that you need time to rest, and life is helping you along that line as well, which is hard to do now that we're going faster and faster in the 24-7 culture. I had an image once, years ago, in meditation of a pearl necklace. And the concept that arrived was, First, look at all the pearls, Michael. Look at all these objects, these seemingly, well, in one sense, certainly separate things. What binds them all together is invisible and unseen. There's got to be some sort of thread running through the center of all those pearls. And yet it is invisible and unseen. And people look at the beautiful necklace, they see the pearls, they don't see the connection, they don't see the continuity And that's what I'm hearing you say, that in addition, we want to look at the pearls. We want to look at the goals and our to-do lists and and the opportunities and the events and our resources and all of this. But what I love about what you're saying is there's a cosmic wind at our back. There is some unity here. There is a, we've called it the conspiracy. That feels like the continuity or the thread. Or now that we're learning more about uh, the quantum field, everything is all interrelated. We just don't see it. And I think the action board drops into particle physics. It, when I studied a bit of that at the University of Creation Spirituality, Margaret Wheatley taught a class. I was just stunned. I thought here at the most elemental level is where the action board emanates from. 
And I've been intrigued to go back to how our conversation started when I thought the action board should be brought to the public. How did I get together with David? Now, my first thought was, it's a miracle. You know, I thought this should happen, and there I went to KBC, and there was David. And now I'm thinking, or was it just we're in a field of energy, and when energies are somehow compatible or linked, they're just drawn together, like the secret, the power of attraction. And I, I, I love the metaphysical. Just who knows? I don't know that we can understand it with the minds that we have or m- most of us, but at least to be aware of it. Yeah. Yeah. More seen than meets the eye, beyond the veil, all of those things. Bandler and Schwab, my guest, we've been talking today about the action board as conceived by the late psychiatrist and uh, I'll call him a metaphysician, a mystic, David Viscott. And uh, Madeline has for many years been taking this, taking this to the public, doing workshops and seminars. And uh, We have a new radio program that's just begun last week, and another episode is coming up at 2 this afternoon. And so I want to spend the last few minutes of the show talking about that. And everyone will understand why in just a moment, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, you better, Michael. Um, no. <clears throat> but how can people get more information? How can they follow up? You have a phone number, a website, email address. What do you want to give us? I'll give both the phone number and email. Okay. So email is my whole name, but it's M-A-D-E-L-E-I-N-E-S-C-H-W-A-B. You're not the drugstore Schwab, are you? That's another story. Okay. By but I'm Madeline, spell Madeline again, because yeah, that's unusual. I know. It's the French M-A-D-E-L-E-I-N-E, three E's, S-C-H-W-A-B, at yahoo.com. Okay. And my phone number is 310-474-0466. Uh, Crossroads does have an adult education program now, and there's a workshop through Crossroads school on january 20th and then i'm planning one on january 6th because it's nice to teach one after the holidays so if there's interest contact me it's affordable i will say that good madeline schwab the action board stay with us if you wouldn't mind and uh, why don't you say that telephone number just one more time 310-474-0466 for more information on the action board thank you Appreciate that very much. We'll have to do this again. Oh, good. Me too. I want to introduce, it's my pleasure to introduce, come on over here. This is a person who uh, helps me with fundraising on KPFK, but she helps me in many other ways as well. Has a brand new radio program that uh, we're not sure really how this whole thing happened, but this is my beautiful and uh, extremely intelligent uh, compassionate and loving wife. And I was just about to say, I want to keep listening to Madeline, but I'm really happy to be here today. Well, I'm I'm excited. You've got an interview. Well, you did William Rodriguez last week on your premiere show. You're going to be on at two o'clock this afternoon. Yeah, stay tuned. You pre-recorded a couple of weeks ago. Tell us who you have coming on at two today. Gore Vidal. Gore Vidal. I know. And what universe do I get to interview Gore Vidal? But it happened. And, and did you do this over the telephone? He's amazing. No, he came in studio. And so um, from what I hear, he hasn't been here since Jerry Brown was uh, was governor. But i got to thank my super producer, Mike Kim, for booking that because 
Mike is amazing. He's got some guests lined up for us for the next season. That's unbelievable. We're starting with Cynthia McKinney in January. So what was it like to interview the, the master, Gore Vidal? Oh, it was unbelievable. I mean, I, I try to ask questions that other people don't, and so I try to do a very different kind of interview. It's Profiles in Peace. I go right for the heart. <laughs> and, he's, and he is, I just like, it was like interviewing Mark Twain. He's such a, a literary icon. Um, we talked about uh, 17th century poets, and, you know, I think you're going to like this interview a lot. He's uh, he's an amazing human being, and what an honor to get to meet him and to sit knee-to-knee with him in Studio C here and record this interview. And, you know, I mean, I have to thank Michael for uh, letting me watch him for 18 years as I produced his shows. And I didn't know you were watching. I was watching. Carefully. Well, I didn't. Who knew Not I was going to get on the air? But uh, <laughs> you know, for those of you who uh, and and uh, Christine Blasdale, who is a producer here, senior producer, is uh, and Alan Minsky are producing this show. And Christine says, if you like the show, call the station. So I'm going to tell you, uh, 985-2711 in the 818 area code. If you like the show, if you like Profiles in Peace and you want to hear it more, we're looking for a regular time slot. I'm hoping for 2 o'clock on Fridays. That would be the best. Extension zero. Oh, extension yes, zero. Thanks, Madeline. One extension. We have unbelievable people coming up on this series. Cindy Sheehan, Ray McGovern, John Bonifaz, Anne Wright, uh, one Gary Mathai, who won the Nobel Peace Prize in 2004. She's the first uh, African woman to win the Nobel Peace Prize, and she is the first person to win the Nobel Peace Prize for the environment. And I really think the environment is the terrorist. You know, this is the worst terrorist is the environment we've got to get going on on all that. But we've also got the goddess of radio, Randy Rhodes. Was that a fun interview or what? I mean, she's amazing. Um, you mentioned William Rodriguez. We should say the goddess of commercial. The radio. goddess of commercial radio, yes, because we have a lot of goddesses here on, on KPFK. And also Salt Lake City Mayor Rocky Anderson, uh, David Swanson. And, uh, you know, I hope everybody will listen to Gore Vidal today because – it's an ama- I mean, he. I take no credit for this interview. He is amazing. You could just. We were just talking about the thread that binds the pearl necklace mm-hmm. and the continuity in in uh, our lives. What's the continuity in these guests? What is a profile in peace? Well, every one of these guests has had a destiny in life. Every one of them has had their moment with destiny, like Ray McGovern standing up to Donald Rumsfeld in Atlanta. That was an amazing moment for so many of us. And Ray inspired this series. When I saw Ray do that, I thought, you know, somebody's got to profile these people. Somebody has got to hold a big Klieg light on all of them and show us who these people are, not just not not just what they say, and but who they are, what kind of kids were they? I mean, Cindy Sheehan talks about how as a child she was so painfully shy that uh, she didn't even like people to look at her. Well, look at her now. You know, she's the peace mom. And, you know, it's these these people are incredible. John Bonifaz, uh, you know, constitutional law attorney r- writing books on impeachment, you know, just all of these people, Wengari Mathai, what she has done to help the whole entire planet. So these pe- I end every show with, you, you know, welcome, you know, stay tuned for more Profiles in Peace, your heroes and mine. So you often talk with them. I've heard most of these shows already. And though they haven't been aired yet, this is the first time. That they're evergreen these, shows. They're, yeah. they're good forever. But. You talk to them about the formative events in their lives. What led them to their moments of destiny? 
what got them to that point? What kind of what kind of uh, where did they get that level of integrity where they will stand up when everybody's you know and suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune? Then let me ask you, Doreen Key, what is one of the most formative events? in your young life that brings you to KPFK and to want to do a show of your own? I think probably mm, hearing Michael Benner in 1983 oh, on KLOS. No, seriously. As a I am girl, serious. As a little girl. Oh, Why were you interested? As in a little girl. Um, just or a young woman. or Seeing injustice in the world, growing up in a very white, ultra-white, uh, you know, yuppie, atmosphere and 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 thinking that there was something wrong and why did you care these are not supposed to be easy i was going to say well gosh we need another hour for that but because i i believe that we're all here to uplift each other i believe we're here to uh uplift each other and the planet and all work together and all these divisions that we've had lately are just not good at all for any of us and Let's get back to love and fun and peace. And, you know, we've been through a really, really hard six years here. And let's get to some fun. And, yeah, you know. And I hope everybody will call the station, get us a regular airtime, hopefully Fridays at 2. What I'm, what I feel like saying here as we close out the program about the show that's coming up in just a couple of minutes, your yeah. interview with uh, Gore Vidal, and this whole series, Profiles in Peace, that hopefully we can find a time for you to settle in. Um, but I, I think, Doreen, it's your positive nature, your enthusiasm. It's always benefited me, and I've always felt supported by it. You're not afraid to look at the negative. You're not afraid to look right into the face of the problem. You want to know all of the bad news, but you always come up with the positive and enthusiastic and optimistic. And So let's stay tuned for this program. Like Timothy Leary says, of course I'm a positive thinker. What choice do I have? Yeah, stay tuned <laughs> for Doreen Key and Profiles in Peace on KPFK, Los Angeles. And check your listings. This show may bounce around a little till it finds a home. Madeline Schwab, thank you so much. Thank you, Madeline. You're so welcome. Your action board. And give us your phone number one more time. 310-474-0466. Madeline Schwab, the action board. And again, Profiles in Peace is coming up at 2 o'clock. Stay tuned for that. D'Angelo, thank you for engineering. Brooks, as always, for producing the radio program today. Thanks for all to all of my other helpers and supporters. and Keep it on KPFK, 90.7 FM for all of Southern California. My website, theagelesswisdom.com. As always, be gentle, love life, and take care of each other. This is Michael Benner.